So I'm just going to talk for 10 minutes. Was that a chair at the back? Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. It's a good start, that, isn't it? When Andrea asked us to do the Christmas service, a joke my best man said at my wedding came to mind. I'll adapt it a little bit. So, being asked to do the Christmas service is a bit like being asked to kiss the Queen. It's a great honour, but no one really wants to do it. That's definitely the sanitised version, I have to say. I don't want to ruin your Queen's speech this afternoon. Is this ringing a bit, Mark? Do you want me to come closer? Shall I hold it? But I think quite a lot of us have mixed feelings around Christmas time. I don't know if you're a bit like me. There's loads of stuff we love. Quite a lot that we uh, enjoy, but there's quite a lot we could leave behind. And you know what? I think quite a few people have mixed feelings about the Christmas story. About Christianity. Many bits are liked, are loved. The stories, the sentiments, the values. There's quite a lot that could be left behind, maybe. Like one guy I met at a bar at a wedding once said, what, you, you believe in the virgin birth? Like, really? Like, really, you do? Or like one of our friends, he's a parent from uh, where our kids go to school, learned that we go to church, and he said he liked the idea of that. Liked the idea that we take our kids to church, and he'd uh, sometimes read parables to his kids, the Good Samaritan, the, the feeding of the 5,000, 99 sheep that... Jesus left to go after the one because he wanted them to be brought up in a Christian way but he struggled to believe most of it had a lot of admiration for the morals though that it teaches I think that's perhaps a common way that people relate to Christianity and you know what I think it's good that our friends and neighbours and us in here admire and bring people up in biblical values I'm glad we live in a country that has been greatly affected by that. But the Christmas story poses a bit of a problem. What's the moral of the Christmas story? I was thinking about this. Maybe it's you should plan, plan your pregnancies in advance, maybe. Always book a hospital room. Joe, did you do that? Joe and Ruth? No. Should bring three gifts to newborn kids. I mean, where do we insert ourselves in to the story here? And these three words, well, they're a great summary of the Christmas story, a great summary of Christianity, but they're not really morals. They're not three pieces of advice. You know, when the angels in the story visited the shepherds, the ones with sticks, they didn't say, behold, Glad tidings, I bring you good advice. Take it or leave it. No, they said, we bring you good news. An event has happened. Something's happened that changes things. In fact, it changes everything. And so at the heart of Christmas, at the heart of the Christian faith, it's good news. Now, I know it's Christmas Day. Minds are elsewhere, there's a lot of excitement, etc. But for something to be good news, we have to first understand something of the bad news. So I'm going to say two things about the bad news, two or three things about the good news in seven minutes. 
So the bad news, well, we've already heard it. Dave just read it for us. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. We're a people in darkness. And you know, when you read the Christmas story, when you get past all the cute kids and the tea towels and the sheep, Jesus was born into a dark world. A world with poverty, suffering, injustice, violence, refugees, murder. He was born into our world. We're a people living in a land of darkness. And I don't think we need to convince anybody of that. In fact, Christmas is a time where actually it's highlighted for a lot of people. But the Bible also speaks of darkness in another way. I asked Hannah and John what they thought this sentence meant to be in darkness. And Hannah said, well, it means you can't see. And then John decided to demonstrate it for us. We were in the pub at a time. And uh, he closed his eyes and he just basically went off wandering into tables and chairs and whacking into things. But you know, that, that's a good example of what this is saying. That the Bible says we're in the dark as no one knows enough to mend this world. We bump around thinking perhaps we see, drawn to different lights. Lights we sure will fix things, you know. Maybe it's a new kind of politics. Been praying for our leaders for a bit of light over Brexit, no? Maybe Brexit is the light. I don't know. Not sure. I'm joking. I'm joking. Maybe it's a new technology. That'll solve things, won't it? Maybe the drive for equality around the world. That'll be better. Or maybe it's something closer to home for us. Simply the prospect of a new year, new job, a relationship. But we know as good as those are, and a lot of them are good, good things, they can't be our ultimate light. They all flicker and fade, no? That's the bad news, that we're in darkness and we walk in dark. But the good news, says it here, we've seen a great light. The light has dawned upon us. I like what and uh, this author says in this book, we'll talk about it a bit later, but I haven't got time to read it. He says, notice that the light doesn't come from amongst us. It's not one of our own lights, one of our own leaders, one of our own good ideas or strategies. It comes from somewhere else. It has dawned upon us. For unto us a child is born. The light of the world entered our darkness. It's God with us. Emmanuel. And that's Jesus. And you know, Jesus is better than Santa. Do you know that? It's good to have a deep theological truth, isn't it? In fact, so deep it's been tweeted about. This is a guy me and Ben went to see the other month. A great Anglican minister down south. He tweeted this the other day. Why Jesus is better than Santa? He gives us what we never deserve. He has the heart for the poor, whereas Santa always gives rich kids nicer gifts. He is with us all year round. And I've blocked out number four for very obvious reasons as to why Jesus is better than Santa. But I do not want to incur the wrath of parents or small children alike here. But it's funny, isn't it? It's quite tongue-in-cheek. But I think, you know, it touches on something quite true. I think for many Christianity, the gospel message is similar to Santa's message. That essentially you've got two lists. 
You've got the good list and the bad list. The naughty list. If you make it onto the good list, you're fine. You receive a gift. You're on the naughty list. You get a lump of coal. But essentially, it's about behaving well. About trying hard enough. Good morals. It's enough, isn't it? But the gospel is radically different. It says you don't work your way onto the good list. We don't get accepted by God by how good we are. We all deserve a lump of coal, though. We're all in the dark. Yet Jesus came to take the root of our darkness, our sin. He took it upon himself at the cross. He's God's gift to us. It's not earned for unto us a son is given. We believe and receive him. And that is good news, isn't it? Good news. Or maybe some of you in here, maybe parents are thinking, actually, I quite like the Santa's message. That's how I've been controlling my kids for the last three months. But also, maybe some are thinking, what, Christianity? He has nothing to do with how I live. I just believe and then do what I like. But the gospel isn't like that. It's not just the beginning of the Christian life. It's the whole of the Christian life. And how does that work as I finish now? Well, I asked the kids, Hannah and John, that, that question on the tweet, actually. I said to them both, you know, why do you think Jesus is better than Santa? I was a bit, ner- bit nervous, actually. I didn't quite know who was going <laughs> to come out on top. But um, one of them did think that Santa had a better costume, which was interesting. <laughs> But John said this, he says, I think Jesus is better because he's the creator of the universe. Which is good, great answer. You see, he's king. And if he's the creator king, yet he's the kind of king that draws close, the kind of king that came into our darkness in, to draw us to his light, then he's someone we'll want to think about more than once a year. He's the leader we want to serve. We want to shape our lives around him. If the light dawns in our hearts of who he is, then we want to reflect that in how we live. There's a great quote by C.S. Lewis. I feel as it's Christmas, you can't go wrong with a C.S. Lewis quote. He says this, summarizing it. I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else changes how you think, how you run your life. We heard some of that actually on Sunday, those three testimonies from Beth, talking about uh, uh, experiences at school, from Chris who was overseas, from Mandy who works in the community, hearing how their lives reflecting the good news. Imperfectly, I'm sure, like all of us, a lot of mistakes, but we don't remain the same. Not if he's Emmanuel, our rescuer and king. Amen. And we're going to hear about those three things now in a song. Uh, we're going to listen to a song called I Cannot Tell. And the first verse of the song talks about Emmanuel. Second verse talks about rescuer. And third and fourth, king. And if you want to join in on that last verse, that would be great. And when we were preparing for today... Hannah and John wanted Grandpa to use his opera voice, they said. So he's going to come up and sing for us. 
and I'm going to play. You all right? Okay. Yeah. I think I'll be using this. Take this away, this black thing away. <laughs> 